You are listening to Sermon Audio from Red Tree Church. For more information about our church or to find more sermon audio, visit redtreechurch.com. Good morning, Red Tree. Love you guys a lot. Uh, it's been almost two years since we started coming here, which is crazy to think. Um, feels like an ice rink today, right? I think I can almost see my breath. Uh, got permission from Lane this morning to wear sandals. Wrong call, but it's okay. <laughs> Love you still, man. Uh, we've been in the book of Jonah. Uh, Sam wrapped us up with that book last week, but today we are going to tail back through some parts of Jonah, and I want to kind of just throw this out there right at the beginning. Uh, one of the questions that Sam and the other elders kind of gave us throughout the book of Jonah was, who do you hate? Uh, I don't know about you guys, when I first heard that question, even when we were in the planning sessions going into the book of Jonah, I'm like, I don't hate anybody. I don't know about you guys, but as we went through the book of Jonah more and more, it started to become apparent to me who I really don't like. Uh, and sadly, a lot of it is neighbors of mine, different ethnicities, different uh, callings, different statuses in life. And so as we went through the book of Jonah, that question just kept tugging at me and God kept convicting me. Um, and so we kind of went through several aspects of Jonah as a person. Jesse made an amazing point that Jonah was kind of written as a satire, basically to show us our own foolishness and how we respond to God's calling in our lives. And so for us today, I kind of want us to do a little bit of a turnaround. Um, how many of you guys can associate with Jonah? It's pretty easy, right? Today, I would really like for us to look at two things. I want us to look at who Jesus is compared to Jonah. Sam kind of ended on that last week that Jesus is the better Jonah, right? And secondly, we're to associate with Jesus when we're walking in our calling. I want to answer that question today. How do we discern God's calling? How do we walk in his calling in accordance with who Jesus is? Um, for the last two or three years, I have been in a place of absolute rebellion to God's calling in my life, just straight up. Um, some of you guys know our story, and I have just been running from the calling of God in my life. And the story of Jonah, before Red Tree even considered going through it, was constantly in my face. We would sit down at night with my girls and pick through the children's Bible book. You know, how many of you guys have one of those with the illustrations? I love it. I'm telling you, for like three weeks straight, I would let them turn to whatever story they want to turn to every time for three weeks straight to Jonah. Guess how Jonah was depicted in that book? Red hair, red beard. No joke. Like, red hair, red beard, and we got another children's Bible, same thing. I'm like, I can't get away from this. It was in sermons, on the radio, everywhere. Articles that I would read, Jonah, always in my face. And so God has been convicting me the last several months as we have surrendered to our call, you need to stop associating with Jonah. I think that's the word for us today. We need to associate with Jesus. We are called to identify with him. And what I want to do, the first point I want to make, I want us to look at some scripture here. Guys, I get it. We screw up all the time. We rebel all the time. We walk in our flesh all the time. That was Jonah, right? Jonah was walking in disobedience to God's call. Jesus was walking in absolute obedience to God's call. Which one are we to associate with? For the, if we're in Christ, we're a new creation, right? Paul spends the majority, almost the majority of his letters talking about the new creation and to throw away what? The old. To put away the deeds of darkness, to put away the evil things that are in our lives, to 
crucify the flesh, right? I want us today as believers to look at who Jesus is and how we are to associate with him. When, I, when we used to uh, minister and preach at our old church, there was this thing that came into our, our study that there are so many declarative statements of who we are in Christ in the New Testament. And so that's the first thing I want us to look at today, the main, one of the main points that I want us to really grab a hold of and lay as a foundation is we are to associate and walk like Jesus did. And so we're going to go through some aspects of Jonah's story and the story of Jesus in terms of calling, but I want this backdrop in our minds. And so if Drew would put up some, some of the scriptures, uh, these are just some scriptures that have been pivotal in my life uh, over the last several years. They'll be on the screen. Sam's wanting me to, he's wanting a lot of us here to go more visual. So we're going to do a ton of PowerPoints today. Um, so Romans 8, 29 through 30, we've all heard this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And the next one. 1 John 2, 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. And I think there's one, two more. Ephesians 4.13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then 1 John 4.17, by this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. So this is what I want to establish just right off the bat. Guys, it's easy to associate with Jonah. It really is when we walk in the flesh, when we walk in disobedience. But the word of God tells us that we are to look to Christ. I don't know about you guys, but the more I look at my sin and my shortcomings, the more I cycle. The more that I focus on my sin, my disobedience, my flesh, the more I get trapped in it. But man, when I look to Jesus and who he is and who he says I am and what he's done for me, that pulls me out of the darkness way quicker and saying, yep, I'm just going to always fail like this. I'm Jonah, I'm Jonah, I'm Jonah. That's the foundation I want us to look at today as we wrestle through calling in our lives. And so we're going to transition into that. We're going to be in Jonah 1 today and Luke 4. Um, so I want, us, I want us just to have that as that backdrop. So we're going to look at five aspects of calling. And some of these I'm going I'm to camp out on for a little bit. But when we look at the story of Jesus compared to Jonah we see some major themes about calling and decisions in our life. We're all faced with decisions every day. We're all faced with particular aspects of our calling. And I want us to kind of do a comparative thing here with Jonah and Jesus, with us realizing that we're to walk like Jesus. The first aspect I want to look at when we're making a decision or trying to discern a calling in our lives is the gospel must be central. And so if we look at Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. And then we look at Luke 4, 17 through 19, Jesus, just when he's coming out of the wilderness, full of the spirit, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus and Jonah, same mission. What was it? Call people to repentance, right? Call people to the gospel. When we are making a decision in our lives, whether it's career, uh, family, marriage, school, college, is our central focus, is our laser beam foundational focus to live out the gospel in that context. When you're making a decision to move, move down the street or move to another neighborhood, or you see a woman for guys who are single that you think you like, is your main focus the gospel? Is your focus bringing people to repentance? When I, before I got married, I was a logistics manager at Chrysler for several years. And uh, the basic requirement at that job was about a 60-hour work week and uh, on call 24-7. God convicted me in that season that I needed to step away from that job to focus on the gospel, to focus on ministry, and to prepare a way for me and my wife to have time together. I ended up at a dog shampoo factory. (laughs) So I went from managing 40 to 50 employees, uh, 10 different states, 10,000 parts a night, truckers all over the place, to putting lids on dog shampoo on an assembly line. In that season, I knew God was wanting me to step away from being a workaholic and to focus on ministry and the gospel. That job gave Lisa and I all the time in the world to go evangelize, to do youth and college at our church, and to preach to people. It was amazing because I didn't have to take my work home with me. So that's the first thing I want, to, I want us to get, is the gospel must be central in every decision we're making. Uh, the second thing, an aspect that we see in the story of Jonah, is we're to surrender to him. If we look here in Jonah 1, uh, verse 2, Jonah rose to flee from Tarshish. That's such a hard word for me to say. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. There's that word three times. <laughs> Away from the presence of the Lord. And so if we go to Luke 4.1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus and Jonah have the same mission, right? Call people to repentance. Jonah rebels, doesn't surrender, and Jesus surrenders to the call. He lets the Holy Spirit lead him in his ministry. And the question I have for us today, and this is where I want to camp out for, for a little bit, is are we living a life of surrender? And I'm not talking about major decisions necessarily, but on a day-to-day basis, are we living a life of surrender? Jonah eventually surrenders, right? I don't know about you guys, but sometimes it takes me years to surrender something. In my calling particularly, it's taken me two years. Do we want to go that far like Jonah did? What did he do? He went across the whole known world, right? Jumped into a ship with a bunch of sailors he didn't know. God sent a storm that almost killed everybody, and then he got thrown over and eaten by a giant fish. Jonah hit the bottom of the bucket, the bottom of the fish. That's what I want to ask us today, guys. Do you guys really want to go that far in your lack of surrender? I mean, there are people in your lives, there are situations in your lives that we can all think of right now that we have not surrendered to. I know for me personally, it's loving my neighbors. Sam has driven this point in, the elders have driven this point in all through Jonah. Who do you hate? 
There are people in our lives right now that we can't stand. Bitterness, unforgiveness. We've let things go way too far with a family member, with a close friend. And God is calling us right now in this moment, in this place, to surrender that. And I'm telling you guys, a prayer that God will answer quicker than, than maybe the prayer of salvation is surrender. Is God, refine me, purge me, teach me patience. God, is, God can turn it around so quick. I'll give you an example. We've been at our house for almost, well, a year and a half now. I have refused to reach out to my neighbors. They have been a better Christian to me than I to them, and they're not even believers. And the other day when we were wrestling through some particulars of our calling, I was sitting on the porch, and I said, God, I just want to reach out to my neighbors. I just want to love them. And I'm not kidding. After, right when I looked up from that prayer, my neighbor was walking into my yard with uh, her grandchild, and we just had one of the most amazing times of fellowship and ministry with her. I'm telling you guys, if there is something in your life right now that God is calling you to surrender and to give up, he will reverse it like that. That quickly, if you just take that small step, he will turn it around and say, okay, let's do it. I mean, Jonah, in the, in the belly of the whale, he prayed a big, long prayer, and did God deal with him for days and days on end and try to strip out a bunch of stuff in his heart and his life? No. What happened? He prayed and spit him up instantly. Some of us need to be spit up from the bottom of the bucket right now, from the bottom of the fish, and it just takes a prayer of surrender. So that's the second thing I want us to think about as we're wrestling through calling and different aspects of decisions in our lives is we need to live a life of surrender. The third thing that we see in the story of Jonah and the story of Jesus when it comes to calling is we need to walk in God's presence. If we look at Jonah 1-2 again, here's that word, but Jonah rose to flee from Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to tea. (laughs) So he paid a fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Look at this, look at this passage. How many times does it say in one verse, he fleed the presence of the Lord? Twice, in one verse. If we look at Jesus in Luke 5.12, it says he often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Jonah fled from the presence of God. Jesus was continually in God's presence, praying and praying and praying. If you guys read John 14 through 18, roughly, you will see how close Jesus and the Father were. Like, they they are inseparable. Jesus talks about this all the time, how inseparable he and the Father are. And if we're in him, we have the same closeness. And so that's a, that's a big thing that I, I want to focus on is, are we walking in the presence of God on a daily basis? Are we praying continually? Are we seeking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us? Why, did, why do you guys think Jonah ran from the presence of the Lord? Why do you think the author decided to point that out? The presence of the Lord convicts. The Holy Spirit, God's presence, convicts us of sin. God's presence cannot dwell in sin. And so Jonah knew God. Jonah, Jesse did a great job of pointing this out. Jonah knew the character of God. Jonah knew that he would have mercy on the people of Nineveh. Jonah knew that God loved the people of Nineveh. And because of that, he ran, right? And in our lives, we need to be living in such a way 
that we are seeking the presence of God because the Holy Spirit, guys, somebody talked about it earlier, I think Craig did, gives us peace. He speaks to us. What, he leads and guides us into all truth. He reminds us. He teaches us how we ought to pray. I'm going to start weaving in my story with Lisa into these last two points. Um, when I was young and dumb, I was put into a men's ministry, a bunch of single guys, and uh, basically our assistant pastor and his wife spent about two hours telling all of us guys how we had pursued women in the wrong way. About two hours straight, they just gave a giant list, and you could hear a pin drop in that room. I mean, everybody, jaw dropped, like, you could just hear the mental check marks in their head, like, yep, done that, I've done that, I'm an idiot there, yep, yep. And in that moment, when they presented, like, how to pursue a woman in purity and integrity and holiness, man, the Holy Spirit hit me, and this, this thought came into my mind, who is worthy of that kind of a pursuit? And I believe the Holy Spirit said Lisa's name, which was kind of a, a difficult thing because she had just got done dating my best friend. Sorry, babe, to tell that little part of the story. <laughs> but I'm serious. I, took, I got in that quiet place with the Lord, and I sought the Holy Spirit, and I, I, just, I sought his leading, and I just I felt those two things. Who is worthy of that kind of a pursuit? Lisa. And in that moment, I felt him say, you need to put this on the shelf. Because Brandon in the flesh, like Brandon just doing his own thing, would have, gone, would have called her like 10 minutes later, walking out of the men's meeting. Hey, what's up? You know, you know Dave, that's my best friend. I heard you guys are uh, not together anymore. Like that was old Brandon just stepping out in his flesh, running for it. And because I was able to say, God, I want, to, I want you to lead me and guide me in this, he said, put it on the shelf. I'm telling you guys, from that moment until Lisa and I got engaged was two years. Barely talk to her. Barely even engage. Some of you single guys are like, heck no, I wouldn't wait that long. Some of you have waited longer, but for me, that's a long time. And it was in that moment that I was yielding to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, to his presence, just, just telling me, you need to put this on the shelf for now. She's not ready. You're not ready. And so I just, I want to encourage us with that this morning. Guys, we got to get quiet. Like, that verse we just read about Jesus being led into the wilderness, some of us need to go into the wilderness like right now. Like leave, out of here, out of the ice cold and go out. Like, like seriously, like we need to make space and get quiet before the Lord to hear his still small voice leading us. I mean, if Jesus did it, who's our example? Jesus, the Son of God, continually prayed to the Father, got away and prayed. If anybody had an excuse not to, it'd be Jesus, right? Part God, part man, like God in the flesh. If I can do this, I don't need to step away. Man, that's our example. Like, life gets so busy sometimes that we just spend it going a million miles a minute, and we don't even spend five minutes to talk to our beautiful king. And so I just want to encourage you guys, like, get alone. Like, have somebody watch your kids, and because a lot of us in here have like 50 kids, but Find somebody in the church, maybe, who's an empty nester, sorry guys, and just say, hey, I need to go pray. <laughs> Can you watch my kids? How's, how's that for an awesome excuse? Like, then go have dinner too or something. But I'm just telling you guys, like, it is so paramount. Like, I'll just be real. We, we had an instance the last few weeks where we had an offer that was, like, unbelievable in terms of ministry. I'm just going to get real with you guys. And... 
I said no to all kinds of work, and I spent all last week, three days straight, went to my cousin's house, he's gone, and just sat out on his back porch and prayed and fasted and prayed and fasted and got quiet before the Lord. And that intuition, that, that impression that he gave me is what kept us on the track, is what kept us to keep pursuing what we're doing here at Red Tree. I'm telling you guys, he is wanting to speak to us. He is wanting to lead and guide us. And so when we're trying to discern callings and decisions and jobs and marriage, we've got to walk in the presence of God. We've got to hear his voice. The fourth aspect I want to focus on that we see in the story of Jonah and the story of Jesus, and this one's fun, <laughs> we need to learn from trials. Uh, Jonah 1, 15 through 17. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And if we go over to Luke 4, 12 through 15. And Jesus, this is Jesus who's been led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And Jesus answered him, It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went all through the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. The thing I want to point out in these two passages is, is, is that God appointed both of these instances. God appointed the storm, he appointed the fish to swallow jo Jonah, and God, through the Holy Spirit, led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Guys, when you step out into a calling, or you step out to share the gospel with somebody at work, God's going to allow some trials to hit you, to strengthen you, and Satan's going to come at you with everything he's got. And he's going to tempt you and try to bring, bring destruction. And those two things, God walking you through trials and Satan trying to attack, if we do what Jesus did, did, just did and stand firm on the word of God, God will use it for good. He will use it for his good and his glory. God wills that we learn and be strengthened through temptation and trial. I, I kind of have noticed something over my life. I'm pretty young. I'm 33. And something that I've noticed over the last several years is I've walked into different areas of my life. In this area of trial, there's, there's, a, there's this thing I like to call the qualifying round. <laughs> so I'm going to frame this around marriage. When I thought and had an inclination that Lisa was supposed to be my wife, God said, oh, Really? Well, get ready for a crazy ride. And there was a time from when the call happened to the appointing. There was a time from when, let's say, the anointing happened to the appointing. That time in between is what I call the qualifying round. Some of you are engaged in this room. Whoop. Hi, Ben and Stephanie. You guys may be in the middle of this right now. There is a time where God will call us to something and say, really, you want to walk in that? I'm going to use this time between when you're called to when you're appointed. Think about the Bible. Noah. How long did Noah build the ark? I don't know. Years and years and years, right? Anybody have an exact number offhand? I hear a bunch of whispers. Didn't happen overnight. There you go. Noah was persecuted by the people in his village, in his, in his area, right? There was a time between, Noah, I'm calling you to do this, and, I've, and you're walking in it. That time strengthened Noah for the call. 
Think of Abraham and Isaac. What, he waited till he was 90 years old until he got Isaac? Years and years and years from when God said, here's your promise, fulfillment of promise. Do you think Abraham grew in that time in between? Moses, right away, sees the Israelites oppressed by the Egyptians, right? Tries to take in his own hands and goes and is a shepherd for how many years? 40 years, right? There's a time in between God calling him to do something and the appointment, the actual walking it out. I call that the qualifying round. I think God does that for several reasons. He wants, he wants to know, like Abraham and Isaac, is our heart for him? With Lisa and I, when I made the decision to shelf that opportunity, it was about seven months later that God brought it back into my sight. For a week straight, I felt like God was telling me to pray and fast over Lisa. And I'm getting excited because I'm like, okay, here we go. This only took seven months. Woo! So I, I'm on night shift at that point, and I would always spend my days just praying and fasting and worshiping because I had hours and hours and hours before I would go in. And God's just like downloading sign after sign, confirmation after confirmation. I see her, you know, like, see her pop up on Facebook. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a friend request. Like, like all these dumb things. And I went to one of my mentors and I said, hey, can you just like check on this? <laughs> can you have your people talk to her people and see if... Uh, see if she's ready. And uh, I got a call the next day, and they said, she's dating somebody. <laughs> like, it felt like somebody drop-kicked me in the stomach, and I lost, like I couldn't breathe. Like, I was in a stupor for three to four years. No, three to four days. <laughs> Man, you were really idolizing that. Three to four days of just like, whoa, God, I thought you were, and you know what God told me in that moment? He said, your heart's not ready you are worshiping marriage still. And so he used that to strip out that idolatry. And I'm telling you guys, for months and months after that, I was so in love with the Lord. Like that thing of marriage had left me. Like I was not looking to that to fulfill me anymore. Like literally. And so I think that's one reason he allows that time of trial. And I think a second reason is, is in, those, in that waiting time, he is refining our character Man, when you have to wait to marry somebody that you feel like you've been called to marry for two years, God will bring up a lot of junk that's in your life. Like things you thought weren't even there. Like he will bring out jealousy. He'll bring out all kinds of stuff. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when we decided to get engaged, her family came out of the woodwork. Anybody experienced that? Some of you guys have been married for like longer than I've been alive. Her family just like, nope, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't do it on this date. You shouldn't, I will be out of town on this one. You know, I don't know. He's an American. Da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> seriously, like there will be so many things in that time period that will just come against you and God will use that to refine you and strengthen your character. Because here's the thing. Most callings in life like marriage are way bigger than us. Most callings in life, like ministry, are stepping out into whatever. It's way bigger than we can handle. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all those guys were just flawed human beings. And God uses that qualifying time, that time period, to strengthen our character and dependence on him. The lessons that I learned in that time frame of engagement and like pre-dating and pre-engagement or whatever, I still fall back on in our marriage. And so God uses trials to strengthen us and to teach us and develop character in us so that we can walk in a manner that can handle the calling 
And then this is the final and fifth point, um, is we need to be in community when we're making decisions. I have had so many of you guys in this place come up to me in the last several weeks, specifically, prompted by the Lord to pray for me, encourage me, and call things out in my life. If we look at Jonah 1.1, you may not see uh, at first glance how Jonah was walking in community, but I want to point something out here. Jonah 1.1, then they said to him, what, well, this isn't Jonah 1.1, but it's actually Jonah 1.11 probably, yeah. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? This is when the sailors are panicking and they're like, man, we got to stop this thing. And, and Jonah finally admitted, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Jonah, running in rebellion, was accountable to those sailors. He bared his chest open and said, it's my fault, my problem. I'm the one who did it. Do what you guys need to do to me. Jonah. And then Jesus, Matthew 26, 36 through 37. This is really cool. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus had three disciples that were extremely close to him his whole ministry. And so what I want to point out in this last aspect of calling is we've got to be accountable and submit to one another. Those two words are not very pleasant in our day and age, accountability and submission. But man, and I think it's lacking a lot in the church, but if you guys want to get to the next level or wherever God wants you to go, be accountable to each other. Ephesians 5 says, submit to one another in reverence of, in the reverence of Christ. Back to Lisa and I, when I made that decision that I was going to talk to her and pursue her, I grabbed four men in our congregation, <laughs> two older and two my age, uh, Michael, David, Eric, and Thomas. And I said, you guys, this season, you are going to blast me. For the next year, I want you guys to call out every single thing I do if I'm flirting with her, if I'm alone with her, if I'm doing something that I've told you is not good, or whatever boundaries I've set, you guys call me out. And they spent a year and a half just, Brandon, I saw you over there at the back of the sanctuary alone with Lisa. You know, it was a little extreme, but it was so needed. And I just want to say this for us today, as we're going through some of the trials in our body, we need each other, guys. Like, as we start making decisions and stepping out and moving forward with this next season of this church, we absolutely need each other. And that is a thing I think that's really missing in the church, is submitting to one another and being accountable to one another. And I think a lot of times our pride says, eh, we look at people in the congregation like, well, they don't have kids, so they can't speak into my life. Well, they're too, too young. They don't know anything about where I've been. We, we kind of prejudge and pre-assess each other based on our perfection. I'm like, nah, I can't let that guy speak in my life, or I can't let that kid speak in my life. God can use anybody. He wants to use anybody to speak. People that are really close to you, like these three for Jesus, not that they were speaking into Jesus' life, but man, those people actually know us. They actually know what we struggle with. I want to give an example with Lane and I to kind of wrap things up. Uh, we were, <laughs> I love you, Lane. 
We were uh, at Jesse's GC. Community happens in GC, especially getting called out. We, we like the encouragement part, but we don't really like the getting called out part. We were in GC, and Lane made a comment about how I raised my girls, like one sentence. Just said, if you didn't do this, this, and this, they wouldn't be like this, this, and this. And he walked away, and I'm like, say what? You know, like, it just hit the pride bone in me, because I'm like, Lane doesn't have kids. Lane, da 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 Lane, da 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 You know, like, I spent the whole, that whole night and the next day, like, complaining to Lisa, like, can you believe that he, blah, 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 like, just wait till he has four kids, four and under that are girls that are, blah, 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 you know, like, I just went into this, like, big diatribe, and my wife is amazing. She's like, well, did you ask God if there was any truth in it? And I'm like, <laughs> I married the right girl right there. <laughs> and so there was absolute truth to what he said. And the next day we were at Chick-fil-A for staff meeting and said, hey, bro, I was really mad at you last night when blah, 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 but can you expound on that? <laughs> and as he did, I'm like, whoa, you're right. And so that's what, that's what I want us to, to see in this aspect is, man, Lane's an awesome guy. We're all out here trying to be unified and seeking God's calling. Like, let people speak in your life. Be accountable. Submit to one another. I know it's scary, but man, that's, the only, that's one of the biggest ways I've ever seen growth in my life is mutually submitting to one another in Christ. And so that's kind of, the, those are the, some of the aspects that I see in the story of Jonah and Jesus. And I just want to kind of take some time for us to respond to those things. We see these five things up here, and some of you guys may resonate with some of these. Some of you may think that, you know, I'm checking the list off pretty well on all those, but I just want to take time in this as we transition to a time of response, and I really want, I just really want God to speak to us. If there's one of these things on this list that we just feel like we're missing the boat on, I just want us to, in this time of response, to take time to get quiet with the Lord. It it may be all of them. For me, I feel like a lot of those probably hit my life and hit home, but if there's an area where we're missing the boat and we just need to come to him and surrender, we need to come to him and, and start walking more in his presence, let's just take this time right now to do that. I, I think of, and I want to close with this, I think of the story of Peter. When Peter denied Jesus three times, what did he do? He went back to his profession, right? And Jesus, after he comes back to life and goes to gather his disciples, he goes to Peter, right? performs the same miracle that called Peter originally. And what does Jesus do to Peter, the guy who denied him three times? Asked him, do you love me? And he made him a foundational piece of the church. He didn't say, no, you need to wait three more years to get that purified out of you. You need to go do some counseling. You need to go read some books about not denying me. (laughs) He said, awesome, let's go do this kingdom business. Some of us right here right now just need to remember that. Like, if there's an area in your life, even outside of this list, that you're not walking like Jesus did or walking in his presence, like, let's get alone with the Lord right now and he can turn it around just like that. And we're going to have a song and then do a time of communion, worship through communion, and then uh, have a benediction. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Red Tree Church. Visit redtreechurch.com for more information.